Hey, all you wiretappers, this is going to be a bonus episode. I recorded it just to reward you guys for all the recent Venmo donations. Plus, a couple of people have popped up here recently and become great supporters. Casey Walsh, I appreciate it. Uh, Dan Bashford from Australia. Uh, Richard Sullivan. Uh, Rick Jones. These guys are all regular contributors, and, and they really love the podcast. Uh, Casey, Casey Walsh is a KC guy who actually I've known from years past. and Plus, Casey is also helping me find a partner and maybe a location to hold the Mob World Summit that Larry Henry and I are going to put on in June in uh, Kansas City. Uh, Larry Henry, uh, he's been on this program before. He's a blogger for the Mob Museum. He wants to have a Mob World Summit in a different city uh, around the country as over the next few years. Now, Dan Bashford uh, is a new contributor, a new fan. He loves the podcast, and he's from Sydney, Australia, from way down under. And you know, Dan, we know right now your air quality is not so good. Uh, but Dan, folks, Dan has assured me that he and the city of Sydney are in no danger from the fires. But the air quality is not so good. So thank all of you guys for your regular support, plus your individual support, your Venmo uh, contributions, getting me a cup of coffee and a shot in a beer or something like that. You know, and for Dan and, and the other visitors down there in Australia, uh, it's expensive to ship these DVDs, and I wanted to give him some uh, rewards. Uh, so I uploaded both my movies to a... Uh, private Venmo page and then I can give send him a private link so he can stream them. One last thing, Friday, January the 24th at 7 p.m., I'm joining two other local true crime podcasts to do a live performance at the Armor Screenland Theater, which is in North Kansas City, Missouri. This is part of a weekend horror movie film festival called Panic Fest. You'll check my Facebook page out if you're interested in going. They have, I, we have an event page and I've reposted it so go to gangland wire or gary jenkins my personal page and, and you'll find it or go to the screenland armor facebook page generation wise facebook page uh, or, or the uh, the other one uh, is uh, crime lines so those two podcasts and myself will discuss the case of the missing baby it's called this case was called baby lisa it was a uh, an infant really that Dad came home about 4 o'clock in the morning from working, and the baby was gone. Mom was asleep, and then we've never found that baby. So there was there were three cell phones for missing that night. So there's a, there's a lot of clues out there, and, and nobody's been arrested. Nobody's been charged. I know the, the, the police have gone back and forth between the stranger did it, and uh, one of the parents killed the baby or accidentally killed the baby and hid the body. So we're, we're going to explore that at depth. Thank you, and now back to your regularly scheduled, well, not regularly scheduled, your bonus program. You are listening to Gangland Wire, hosted by former Kansas City Police Intelligence Unit Detective Gary Jenkins. I'm an Irish Catholic with the grace of God on my shoulder. If any of these maggots from the so-called mafia want to come after me, I'm not a hard man to find. Well, welcome, all you wiretappers out there. I'm here in the studio of Gangland Wire. I have a special guest calling up from south of me down there around Dallas, Texas. Uh, my, my friend and a guy that helps me do a lot of social media marketing, or maybe not marketing, but helps uh, uh, administrate my Gangland Wire Facebook page, 
Basil Terabisi. Basil, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Gary. I'm excited to be here. Well, I, I want to thank you publicly and in front of all the wiretappers uh, for helping me with uh, putting up different, uh, you know, videos and, and different mob interest pieces of information. I know that I have people that get hold of me and, and thank me for all the different uh, pieces of information that, that we put up. We keep people entertained. Plus those those pictures. I tell you one thing that a lot of people like those pictures of uh, of some mob guy like Al Capone and and I used to do a little more of this myself. You know Al Capone that that says something about uh, uh, you know you you win more friends with uh, no that wasn't what it was. What did Al Capone said? He, it, he had one. What was it like a. Uh, uh, Oh, oh man, God. I'm blanking now. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, that's okay. They put up those. They know, those, yeah. Uh, say it. They, they know. They've all seen them. <laughs> anyway, I, I appreciate that. And, and folks, don't forget to hit me up on the Venmo app. Buy me a cup of coffee or a shot and a beer. Uh, help keep this podcast going and keep it supported. We try to put out something almost every week. I'll miss on the first Monday every once in a while. Uh, but uh, But I try to put out at least one a week over the year's time. Basil got hold of me with an idea, and and I think it's a good idea is to periodically look at a mob movie and and just talk about it a little bit and and, and stir maybe some conversation with you guys and and maybe you didn't know about this movie or you hadn't seen it. Uh, uh, so the first one we wanted to talk about was Kill the Irishman. Basil, uh, you suggested that I think one of them. What? Well, do you remember why you thought of that one early on? You, you suggested several of them, but uh, I like mm-hmm. uh, Kill the Irishman for a, a reason or two, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, before, um, before I, I had no idea about this movie, actually. I was just, you know, on Netflix one day, and uh, it just came up because I was uh, recently watching you know, other mafia documentaries and movies, and it came up. And I've never heard of Danny Green before I saw this documentary, I mean, this uh, this movie. And uh, with the title like Kill the Irishman, you know, it's, it's already interesting enough to hear that. <laughs> um, and just, it's, I love period pieces, especially this one. Um, the, I believe this one was, uh, uh, when was it? When uh, Danny Green, he was around the 60s. That's right, when Danny Green came up. And, and it was a, Cle- and you've, you don't hear too much nowadays about any kind of Cleveland mafia activity. I mean, it died out a while back. And so it's, it got my interest pretty quick. And, I watched the movie and it was, I, I loved it. I truly did. Just also seeing um, more like the mob figures that you do read about, but this is the first time they show up on screen. Because like I said, the Cleveland Mafia, it's, it's like this is the first time they're you know, portrayed on in a movie or a TV show. So that was really interesting to me and it, it definitely caught my attention. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's interesting. We don't hear much about the Cleveland mob anymore. Uh-uh. Really don't, haven't heard much about it over the years as much as we have Chicago or the five families in New York. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of people would say you don't hear much about the Kansas City mafia. Of course, I've, I've lived with that, so yeah. I know a lot about that. And I make sure a lot of other people know about it. But I, I was the same way. It was a, a period piece is a good way to put it. Although when I, you say a period piece, I want to think back in the 19... 19- Hundreds or nineteen. That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, yeah, that was my period. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's what really resonated with me, and, and another reason it resonated with me. I, I first saw there was a documentary put out by uh, that uh, uh, Rick Perello. I think he wrote a book about Danny Green and and uh, that situation, and, and then he uh, he and some other people put out a, a documentary about uh, Danny Green and his battle with the uh, Cleveland mafia hierarchy and mm-hmm. and I watched that and I, it kind of gave me 
like some kind of inspiration to do my own documentary uh, when I ended up before I did Gangland Wire. Uh, and, and another thing that, uh, like you say, a period piece, that was during a time when I was working the mob here in Kansas City. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, and what's interesting is we had almost a parallel situation going on. You know, they had a young upstart. Uh, we didn't have Italian. I mean, we didn't have Irish in Kansas City. They were all Italian, but he was a young upstart in his 20s, 30s. He was a, a baby boomer. He, he partnered up with another baby boomer, younger guy. Uh, upstart uh, who was Italian and, and was not they the older guys kept the younger guys squeezed out from any kind of decent pieces of action and and uh, we're always wanting to get something from them and never wanted to give anything back and and really we're, we're gonna make them made guys and and they knew that so the only thing you could do is is you know kind of expand your own territory and and take care of yourself and, and not mm-hmm. always kick up to the older guys. We had the same thing with the Spiro brothers in Kansas City. My, oh, my, yeah. most, my most recent movie, Brothers Against Brothers, the Savella Spiro War, was exactly the same scenario. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, and, and the way he came up through the union, too, that uh, I, I really like that. Uh, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they demonstrated uh, uh, in that the scenes inside the uh, union hiring hall and mm-hmm. how that worked. And, and how he he rose to the top of that and and got all that power. See, that's what those mob guys they want that power out of the unions. Uh, uh, and and he he took over that union basically and kept them squeezed out. Yeah, and this is another example too. How I mean, it shows you how the mafia had such a strong grip on the unions. Um, this is yeah, it's another good example. Another thing uh, from this movie that made me kind of um, big similarities to you know the whole Kansas City, also the whole all the car bombings and all the you know in the movie you see this as well. Um, it the same thing with like with the you know with your documentary that came out your movie all the car you know, the bombings as well and it's like there's so many bombings that took that took place that it shook the whole city and that remind me of that as well. Yeah, they, there was quite a few bombings there, and we had a lot here. Do you know, uh, the mob doesn't really like to do bombings because there's always a danger of collateral damage. And right. They do not, they do not like collateral damage because uh-huh. uh, that brings down the heat. I mean, you kill a citizen accidentally in the middle of a mob hit, and, and the law enforcement, FBI, the ATF, and uh, the local police, and the state patrol, and, and whoever... Uh, can get uh, muster up some some detectives to put on a case. They're going to be on it. Oh yeah. And so they don't really like to do them. But when they get in a war like that, when it's open warfare like that, when everybody knows that somebody's trying to kill them, it's really hard to isolate people. Mm-hmm. You, you, the normal way a mob guy is going to going to get killed is he'll have a friend. He'll, he, there'll be a friend of his come to him and many times they'll say, oh, hey, you know, I've got this score over here and, and why don't you meet me over here? They'll try to get you isolated or they'll, they'll mm-hmm. be drinking with you, take you out to eat and drink some night and, and get you kind of half lit and get you out in the car because they want to get you isolated where there's no witnesses, witnesses and there's no chance of harming any innocent party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you get suspicious, uh, whenever you got an active war going on with a mob family, then you're not going to let anybody, unless like your brother or something, your most trusted uh, uh, compadre is. And even then, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust my most trusted friend. I'd only trust <laughs> my brother. I think to 
to uh, ever go any place, you know, like Jimmy Hoffa. You know, he went someplace with somebody, and look what happened to him. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's one reason they had, they had to use those bombs. That was so interesting, and uh, how they did that bomb at, at the end. But uh, uh, you know, what what remind me of something else that was going? Oh, his family life. How'd you how'd you like the way that he depicted his relationship with his wife? Um, I thought it, it it showed how I mean, realistically, that's I think. What a lot of you know, a lot of mobsters who who thought they were like in the right or in the wrong, and, and they were so surprised by their wives or their families getting upset or leaving. I this showed it really good. Um, uh, the lady who uh, who played his wife, uh, but oh, Linda, Linda Cardini, I believe her name was. Uh, she played it really good, and and you know, it showed you in the beginning how he found her and fell in love with her, and how they grew up together, and even while he was coming up, you know, all the money he was making and happy, how happy they were. But as soon as, you know, as soon as he, she kind of saw his, you know, his true side, his, uh, his, I guess the mobster mentality and then the stuff he would do, it's just that she just knew she just had to leave. And it's, it's, it's a really, it's a similar story that to do with a lot of other, you know, known figures and mobsters in the mafia and other stuff like that. Yeah, really. It, it was, I, I, I liked, that's one thing I liked, always liked about working the mob and organized crime people is they always had a family life. They mm-hmm. had, they, they weren't, you know, a lot of these people that police end up dealing with are just losers, losers from one end to the other. They don't <laughs> have any family. They don't have anything but, you know, their next fix and, and go out and steal something. And, and these guys, they have families and they have kids and they have a family home life and, and then they have their work life and they, they put effort and energy and mm-hmm. ingenuity into what they do. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but, uh, this really showed that really well. I, I was, uh, you're right on that. It was Linda Car- Cardellini, Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I noticed some other people are in there, uh, that are been in a lot of other mob movies. I oh yeah. There's, there's Tony Darrow and Robert Davey. Uh, who else was in that? The, oh, Vincent Donafrio. Oh, he played John Nardi, who was the, uh, the young mob guy, Italian guy, that kind of threw in with yeah. uh, with him. He he did a really good job. Oh that. yeah, we also got um, uh, Steve. I keep, I, I can't pronounce his last name. Steve Shapiro. Um, he was on The Sopranos. Oh, Shirapa. Shirapa. Yeah, he, he played. Sharipa, he played. Sharipa, yeah, Mike Prado. Yeah. And we yeah. also got uh, Tony Salerno. He was played by Paul Sorvino from oh, yeah, Goodfellas. That, yeah. yeah, that's that's perfect. Paul Sorvino. It needs to be an ever ever more mob movie. He he play, almost play, pretty much is. Yeah, play the fat guy. Yeah, <laughs> and we also you know we got we got Mike. St- yeah, I mean we got Mike Starr. We got we got a bunch of known figures that you oh. see a lot in in the mob movies as well. So yeah, Vinny Vinny Vila. He was in uh, 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 Casino. Kind of kept, he, he was also in The Irishman, yeah. That was his last yeah, movie. I, I think Vinny Vila played uh, one of the Kansas City mobsters. I think he maybe was the one that played Nick Savella in, uh, in Casino. Oh, I, yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, I remember now. This, this Tony Darrow, he's been in several things. Tony Darrow has uh, been, yeah, he's been in Goodfellas. He was, uh, he's been, man, he, he's, he's one of the other ones. He's also been in so much mafia movies as well, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's you know, it's funny all. now. Yeah, there's all these, all these Italian actors. It's just, like they're known and wherever like if you see them in a movie it's like you're kind of expected oh this is a mafia movie because they're just <laughs> yeah. so good at it and they're just they're gotten yeah. used to it and 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 it's funny some of these actors too they have been like they're all some of them have been linked to actual mob figures or you know in the mafia so that's also interesting i found that yeah yeah that's true i uh 
Matter of fact, I just got a uh, I just got an email from a guy once. We, we, there was a guy, one of the early people like this, a guy named uh, John Santucci from uh, Chicago. He was he was a, a an outfit career criminal burglar. Okay. And he was he was in Thief with James Kahn, and and he actually kind of connected James Kahn up with some uh, outfit guys to. Uh, the story was he was going to even go out with them and go on a uh, on a, uh, a job of some kind, some kind of a high end burglary, and and the FBI got some word about it and warned James Con off not to go with him. But oh. he was in, he he was a technical advisor. And he was in that movie, and then he went out to uh, Las Vegas and was in uh, uh, when the, when they moved Crime Story out to Las Vegas. He was in Crime Story with. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, that ex-Chicago policeman. Oh, so now I've lost his name now. Uh, uh, he's done a bunch of things since, and he died recently. Oh, well, uh, if you guys that know Crime Story will know who I mean. Mm-hmm. So th- there's kind of a, a long uh, uh, series of, of these guys getting involved with, with the movie industry and, and being around movie people. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of, kind of interesting. Um, the biggest one I can think of um, at, uh, when it comes to my mind, in the, the movie The Godfather, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but the um, the first the first Godfather, it's the big huge guy who comes to the wedding. He was stuttering. Um, oh yeah. Uh, God, I'm blanking on the name. <laughs> but that guy, he's he was actually a mob member. That's one thing I researched, and they were saying he. It was one of the things that the mafia they. They, I don't know, they talked to, I guess, whoever was in charge at that time, and they, they insisted that they would put him in the movie. Yeah, and he wasn't... <laughs> yeah, I do, re- I do remember something about that. Yeah, God, I'm trying to remember his name. I'm totally blanking. Um, oh, 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 Luca Brazzi. Luca That's what Brazzi, it was. yeah. Yes, yeah. The one that played Luca Brazzi. Let's yeah, see. yeah. Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. There we go. There we go, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it is. Uh, Luca Brazzi uh, was actually in the mob. Larry, <laughs> Larry Montana was, or Lenny Larry, Montana. Lenny Montana, Lenny, okay. Lenny Montana, I'd forgotten that. Uh, so, yeah, because, uh, you know, even at the time of Godfather, they had a lot of mafia issues with actual mobsters and the movie was coming yeah. out. So I guess one of the things to ease the tension, the director, I guess, or like, all right, we'll put him in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was a good idea. Well, yeah. I, we'll have to talk about the Godfather because I got uh, our own little personal Kansas City story about that. We'll, oh, wow. we'll, we'll go back and kind of deconstruct the Godfather here one of these days. But, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely. They, you know, these guys. They kind of get, uh, they almost get typecast, but you know, there's yeah, never any yeah. uh, source of work for them. So. Hey, but they're good at it, too. They're really good <laughs> they're at good it. they're good at it. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> then you had the Sopranos come along, and some of them, you know, Frank Vincent. Uh, oh, know, Frank there's, Vincent. There's another actor that, he just died the last year or so. He's been yeah, in every uh, mob movie in the Sopranos, yeah. too. Um, so, yeah. Vinny, Vinny Vela, he passed away um, a few yeah. months ago. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's yeah right. the Irishman was his last movie that he came. Yeah, he had that small, uh, small role. I think he was the. Uh, he worked with Robert De Niro's character in the beginning. I forgot what it was, but yeah. uh huh. But but this uh, uh, this Irishman, I tell you what, it was. Uh, 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 I, I really I really liked it. It was mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a kind of a. Uh, it, it was a low. It was. Uh, I hate to say this. And I don't want to say this in a derogatory manner. It's a little bit of a low budget movie. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was. That, it was. It, it, it was not real high budget. Oh, Christopher Walken was in it too. Even right? though they had some big names too, there's a lot of big yeah. actors in it, but yeah. it was still a low budget movie. 
Yeah, like Christopher Walken being in it. <laughs> and he had like a, a real minor role. You know, he did about two or three different things. And yeah. He was, he was a guy that, if I remember right, he was a guy that kind of took uh, 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 Green under his wing early on and uh, kind of advised him periodically and said, you know, you're getting in trouble here with these guys and, and, and kept advising him as he went through life. But uh, it, it was a hell of a story. It was... Uh, uh, you know the the period cars were good. Uh, that's my one of my big criticisms of movies. Sometimes when they do a period piece, is they use cars that are 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 so clean and restored so well that it looks fakey to me. But they oh, did, yeah. did not use fakey looking cars. Uh, I just saw another one recently that that did not use fakey looking cars. Uh, but but a lot of them use what I think are they're just too clean and they're too good. Yeah. One thing I really, really loved about this film as well, um, they showed a lot of real footage from the news yeah. back in the day. Oh, I, I really, I loved that. And it was, it was really interesting when you get that because then you feel like, okay, so this was a true story. There was real, you know, real people, real events. Um, like even, you know, when, spoiler alert, I guess when Danny, when Danny dies yeah. or, oh, you, you know, told, told the end. <laughs> or like when a bombing happened yeah. or like yeah. even when, um, when John Nardi passed it, when died, he, they showed actual news footage of, you know, reporters and news. They're saying how he died and they're saying how, you know, how we found body parts here and there. And I, I love when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, I'd forgotten about that. So it, it gives you more of a sense of the time too. That, yeah, that you yeah. know that's real, but gives you more of a sense of the time, and and you can't you can't fake up that news footage. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's either real or it's or it, it looks fake, and, and it, when yeah. you fake up news footage, it you know I think it takes people out of the moment, out of the movie. Uh, I, I and you know it was it, it didn't get a big broad release. It was not a big studio production where it got a ton of publicity and a big reach. Uh, I had to go yeah. out to a, a small suburban theater. I, I, the only reason I knew it was coming, I'd seen the documentary and I, I kept looking for it and looking for it. And finally one mm -hmm. day I saw it, but it was not in the, any of the major theater chains. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame because I said I really, really enjoyed this movie. I mean, the, the history behind it, the characters, even Danny Green, he was such a famous, you know, Irish mobster. And it's it's sad that it, it had a, only a $12 million budget and it only made like a million dollars in the box office. And like I said, it has such huge names and, you know, the acting and everything. But yeah, it's a shame that it has such a, you know, small, small... Uh, Release. It, well, there we go. Yeah. Such a, such yeah. A, yeah. They just didn't put anything behind it. I mean, people yeah. have to know about it. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, like like my movies. You know, I, the only way that reason anybody ever sees any of them, and, and I don't begin to compare myself to the big boys because my budget is real small. But the only <laughs> reason anybody sees this because I tell them about it. Otherwise, advertising. Yeah, advertising. You, you, yeah. You'll never know it. So if you don't have millions of dollars are throwing an advertising budget on these mm -hmm. movies why nobody's going to see it it's uh, exactly that's exactly the way it goes but you know i would uh, i would give this movie a thumbs up i'd give it two Definitely. thumbs up uh, i kind of in my top 10 for those kind of a couple of reasons uh, uh because it deals with the real it's like the wise guys also it deals with the real working day-to-day -day working guys in the mob mm -hmm. it doesn't glamorize you know like the godfather it was it was it was great for what it was. It, it showed the whole big picture. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, to, to, well, I like the ones about the working guys, the, the crews, the people are out here making the money and, and doing the deeds and, and those kinds of things. They're just, they, they, they're more real to me. Yeah, I understand too. Um, 
like I said, and I also, I also enjoy movie, the mafia movies that actually portray, you know, the real mobsters. Yeah. You know, like The Godfather, they, they, you know, they, they were made up mobster characters. They weren't real. But like, you know, like for Goodfellas, for example, and this one, and The Irishman, they're portrayed on real mobsters. And with this one in particular, it's mobsters most people have never heard of before, but they were real people. Yeah. Um, you know, like you know, like Scalish. You know, he was the he was the boss, of the mafia for, I think it was around, I think almost like twenty years or something yeah. like that. And yeah, and it's I, I enjoy the movies that you know that show them on you know portray them on TV, and we get to see like a we get to see like an image of what they were and you know what they said, all that all that stuff. Yeah, really. You know, one one kind of last thing, and then we'll we'll shut this down. Basil is uh, about that uh, Cleveland mob. Uh, when when Scalish died, there was some uh, there was some controversy about who was going to take that over, and, and uh, they didn't have a really good succession succession plan. Didn't seem to me like, and and that Angelo Leonardo was able to move on up into it, who hardly uh-huh. anybody's ever heard of, and and he immediately uh, uh, had a case for uh, some kind of narcotics, and they were going to give him a huge big sentence. And, and he ended up going to witness protection and testifying in skim trial because, you know, uh, Cleveland was getting part of the skim from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Las Vegas, just like Chicago, Kansas City and, and Milwaukee, because they uh, they controlled one teamster, one key teamster, a guy named Jackie Presser. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people know that. But that uh, but that's uh, that's how they got in on the skim with us and, and here in Kansas City and Chicago. Uh, but uh, uh, he ended up catching that case and he even testified about how much they were getting and, and kind of verified the whole uh, skim conspiracy. And, and a guy named Milton Rockman, who was a Jewish guy, had been the one that was really kind of running the mob all along, kind of behind the scenes uh, during this time, and which is kind of unusual. And he's the one that used to drive up to Chicago and pick up their share of the skim and bring it back. And, and oh, so okay. they're a pretty interesting combination of uh, Irish, Jewish, and Italian people uh, involved with yeah. their, their crime family there. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, another thing with this movie as well, it's it's the first time we see any, like I said, any of these characters on screen. Um, even, you know, like... Uh, Fat Tony, Salerno, it's the first yeah. time we see him portrayed. The second time was in The Irishman. And also the the guy the uh, that Robert that Robert Davy played, um that mobster, what was his name? Um Ray Ferrito. Ferrito, yeah, Ferrito. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was interesting seeing him and and just how he how Robert Davies is another great great actor. He, if you remember correctly, he also played uh, Vito Giovanni, uh, G- uh, Genovese in the latest Mob the Town Mob movie. Mob Town, oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he was a cold-eyed dude. He was. He yeah. plays that cold-eyed dude pretty well, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yes, he does. I tell you, I've known a few guys like that, and and they are scary. <laughs> they, they look. They don't look at you. They look through you. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, exactly. They look at exactly. you like you're just some little pisshead in their way, and <laughs> if you get in their way too much, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're capable of anything. So anyhow, okay, well, this has been great, Basil. Uh, we will do this again, and uh, we need to pick out another movie here pretty soon. Definitely. I guess last thing is definitely um, Danny Green. He's, it's I, I love that they did make a movie about him. He's such an important and big figure in Irish in the Irish mob, which uh, Danny Green, you don't hear so much about these days. Yeah. Um, like I said, this is the this is the only time I heard about him, and, I, and after I heard about them, of course, I read up on him, and I learned more about him. But, I mean, he's... 
his death and everything happened to him was a big, big step in uh, pretty much the downfall of the mafia. Just the way, you know, because after, you know, afterwards, Ray Ferrito, he tested, you know, he turned and yeah. testified. And after that, it was like a just, it was stepping stones and to the big, the big trial that I guess all the bosses and everything. So him, his death and his story was a big, big um, reason. One of, one of the, one of the big many reasons that, you know, the mafia is currently the way it is today. Yeah, interesting. That's, that's an interesting insight because that was exactly the way it was in Kansas City. Again, I didn't really think about it quite like that, that, that not only while the skim, that case took down a lot of people, but at the same mm -hmm. time, we had this mob war going on and, and that didn't directly take them down, but it sure caused them a lot of grief and, and uh, caused them a lot of support in, uh, uh, from political figures when you got bombs going off and, and bodies dropping uh, for about two years in a row, which they had in, in Cleveland too, why all your politicians are running for cover. You're, you can't, you know, they're not even going to talk to you. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and without some help there, why uh, the mob really can't, can't exist. And, yeah. and so we had a little bit, you know, that we had the same thing. And, and that also helped take down this Kansas City family, which has never come back and neither is a Cleveland. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, after the, after this and after what happened to Danny, they, they, I believe even they mentioned it in the movie that after all these events, um, the mafia it pretty much kind of quickly kind of died out and it never has returned in, Cle in Cleveland. Yeah. So that was the last of any kind of mafia in, in Cleveland. Yeah, it's one of those pivotal events in the mafia that we wrote, don't really know unless we really study it out. And, and, and oh, yeah. Oh, happened. yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and there's been, there have been so many different events throughout history that I can say that have been a huge downfall when it came to the mafia. This, for example, another thing would be like the Veloci paper, you know, yeah. uh, and um, the the big uh, Appalachian the meeting, yeah, you know, Appalachian, Appalachian meeting, Appalachian, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and it's it's just like different things that. For if none of these things had happened, you would still you would see a big you see a different mafia today than yeah. what we have. Yeah, yeah. you would. Well. Dad needed prohibition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the beginning of the end for them. They had to go yeah, and exactly. get into gambling and all kinds of different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, they were making money and owned all the local... Because of prohibition, the, the big city mobs owned all their city governments. Mm -hmm, just be, mm -hmm. because of... They provided that booze and... Everybody wanted that booze to continue to be provided, and and they had so much money, and they you know they controlled the elections, they controlled the politicians oh, yeah. for the most part, uh, and uh, uh, when they ended prohibition, why well, then they had to kind of scramble a little bit and figure out. Yeah, something. and this and this you see very good if you've ever seen Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. They, they show this they show this particular event very well, and yeah, you definitely you definitely see it. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Basil. We will uh, uh, let me finish this off here. Uh, if you have a friend or relative who has a problem with drugs or alcohol, make your first call to first call. Call 816-361-5900 or go to your website, www.firstcallkc.org. And don't forget, I have my new movie, Brothers Against Brothers, The Savella Spiro War. It's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. You can uh, uh, 
rent it for $1.99, you have to go to the more purchase option tabs. Uh, I shouldn't tell you that because I get a little piece of the action. I get a percentage. And, <laughs> and, and But uh, I get about half, I, I'll tell you right. I get about a buck if you rent it for $1.99. And, and I, I don't know. I'm not really in this business to make money. If I was, I'd be uh, <laughs> I'd be working a second job. <laughs> oh, I guess I kind of do. I practice a little law. But anyhow, <laughs> I, I just like entertaining people. And I like telling people about the Kansas City crime family and what we did in Kansas City. And uh, I was able to put a couple of my friends in that movie and put myself in and tell about what we did back in the uh, 70s. And, um, then I've got my book, Leaving Vegas, How FBI Wiretaps Ended Mob Domination of Las Vegas Casinos. Uh, in the Kindle version, I've hooked the actual wiretaps up to uh, uh, many of the uh, sections would contain uh, wiretap transcripts. So get the Kindle version. Uh, if you want to make a donation of $25 or more, I'll send you a... Uh, uh, a link uh, to get a free copy of that uh, of the Kindle version, or I'll send you the the hard copy version of the book, or I'll send you Brothers Against Brothers or Gangland Wire, my other movie. It's kind of the backstory behind the uh, film Casino, how uh, how we caught the uh, Kansas City crime family, the Chicago crime family, the Clevelands we've been talking about, and uh, Milwaukee crime families giving money from Las Vegas casinos. Have my Kansas City Mob Tour app. Go to my Facebook page. Uh, here's another thing. You might, uh, if you go watch the movie Brothers Against Brothers, uh, give me a review on that. Uh, that always helps. It, it keeps it up where it may be suggested to more people. The more reviews I get, uh, providing they're good reviews, and I can't imagine I do have a couple of bad reviews on there, but I looked at them and it didn't really make sense. One guy said, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, well, uh, this is more like a made-for-TV movie, and I had to laugh. I thought, well, damn, that's a compliment for me. <laughs> I'm happy with as a made-for-TV <laughs> documentary film. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, uh, uh, on the TV. Uh, anyhow, so uh, give me and, a review uh, on that, Gary. I'm sorry, we're going to interrupt you real quick. That's okay. Speaking on behalf of all your fans, we really appreciate everything you're doing. It's um, your podcast is the first thing I check for when I get in my car when I listen to anything, <laughs> and it's one of a it's one of a kind. You know, there's other podcasts out there, and it's just kind of just random fans talking about the mafia and stuff like that. But yeah. here, we feel like we're getting real content. <laughs> And on the you know on behalf of all your people fans we we appreciate it and we thank you so much for everything you're doing for us. All right, Basil, thank you. Good night, Basil. Thank you, sir. Good night. Good night. All, good night, all you wiretappers out there. Music provided by our good friend and super fan from Portland, Oregon, Casey McBride. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> <laughs>